The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In the first half of this sermon, which was posted last time, we began looking at the assaults of Satan upon Job. Today we continue looking at these assaults, and we'll see that they come from Satan and not from God. You see, God is the great keeper of the hedge. Satan is the one who afflicts the brethren. I recognize that for various reasons in our lives, sometimes God lowers the hedge, sometimes he removes it altogether. But he's never the one that assaults us. Satan is the one who acts according to his own nature and tries to take us down. But praise God, the Lord is still in control and will not suffer him to go any farther than his will will permit. Join us today as we continue looking at the assaults of Satan in chapter 1 of Job. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
You know, as I said, sometimes people will say, well, look what God did to Job. Is that really true? Listen to this. Look at verse 11. Satan says, put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. <laughs> you know what he's doing here? The devil is tempting God to do exactly what the absoluter says God does. The, the ones who believe in absolute predestination of all things believe that God, they'll never say he's the author of sin, but they believe he, he, he purposes and plans everything, including the sin of Adam, and he, he predest, absolutely predestinated and ordained it from before the foundation of the world, and that makes God the author of sin. He's tempting God to be an absoluter. <laughs> That's what he's doing right here. He says, God, you reach out and touch him. You reach out and touch him and he will curse you to your face. Now, I got to be honest with you. When I, you know, you think about yourself. You know, somebody comes up to me and says, hey, big boy, you do this. You know, I'm like, wow, sure will. You know, that's my, that's my inclination. Okay, we'll see how this goes. You know, I'll sure do it. If somebody dares me to do something. That's basically what the devil's doing, dares God to do this. Well, we'll just see. I'll do it. You know, that's my human nature. Praise God that his nature is so different than mine. Because notice that he, the Lord didn't get into a theological argument with him. He didn't, he didn't get into a long discussion. Notice what he said in verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Thy power. You see, one of the main things to take out of these first two chapters of Job is the nature of God and what he's doing and the nature of Satan and what he's doing. It is clear from both the first and second chapters that the purpose that Satan has on this earth is to afflict the brethren, the children of God. He is the adversary. That's what his name means. He is the, he is in, in the New Testament, the, the, the devil, the, the word devil means the slanderer. The one, that's what he's doing here, isn't it? He's just slandering Job. He's saying, God, you know Job. He's really a hypocrite. He's not serving you uh, for the right reasons. He's serving you just because of all the things you're doing for him. <laughs> Notice that's the, what he, that's the purpose. That's the nature of Satan. The nature of Satan is to attack and afflict and to slander and to try to destroy God, his kingdom, and his people. But notice what God's role is. And God always plays his role. He's always consistent. You know, people, that's one of the things that I love about certain people. As you know, they're always the same. They're always consistent. You know, and sometimes we're really not, are we? You know, sometimes even the people that we trust the most will let you down. But God is always consistent. He never, ever lets us down. He's, he, he is, his role is the keeper of the hedge and the protector of his children. He's the lover of our souls. He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us and draws us with loving cords. It may be that bad things happen in our lives. It may be that tragedies occur in our lives, but remember that God loves you. You may not understand what's happening in this world around you, but remember God loves you. 
The things that happen to you are not, you know, God gets blamed for so many things he didn't do. God is not causing the tragedies of this world. He's not working with the sin of this world to make things good for you uh, in an ultimate sense. He's not got some secret plan out there. What he is doing is he is keeping the hedge and sometimes he lowers it and sometimes he raises it. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, but he's always there protecting you. Notice what he said. All that he hath is in thy power, but he put limits upon it. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, sometimes we think there's a, there's a thing called dualism out there. And it says that there's two gods in the world. There's God and there's Satan, and they're equal, and they're, they're constantly fighting back and forth for control. But I want to tell you tonight, Satan is not the opposite of God. The opposite of God would be just as strong and just as, just as powerful as God. Satan is a created being. He is less than God. He is the enemy of God, but he is less than God. He's greater than you, but he's less than God. And only the things that he suffered to do can he accomplish in this world. Let's look at that right quick as our time is closing here. God stays true to his nature. He doesn't touch Job in any way. But Satan does, and notice what happens. Verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone am escaped, I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, think about all these, this terrible news coming one after another, after another, after another. And yet, here's the worst part of it of all. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Oh, let me just say to you, beloved, the devil can wreak havoc in our lives. He can wreak havoc in our lives. Now, in this case, we've already said Job did nothing to instigate this, okay? But I'm telling you this as a warning as well. Let's be like Job. It may happen, but oh, don't, don't, don't play around with the devil. Don't, the devil is not your friend. Look how much he hated. You know, the devil, sometimes we think that the devil has his people and God has his, and the devil loves his people and God loves his people. The devil don't love anybody. The, de- the devil hates even his own people. You know, Jesus said there, there are, are some, he said that, there are ye, that ye are of your father the devil. Okay? Well, he has a people, all right, in that sense that, that, uh, that they're like him. They're not children of God, but he doesn't love them. He's not out to try to help them. He's not dying to save them, you see. He hates them, and he sure hates the children of God. He hates us with a passion, 
And oh, he can wreak havoc. Don't, don't make friends of the world. Don't make friends of the devil and his minions. He'll never do anything but wreak havoc in your life. But Job didn't do anything. Remember, this is not a case of Job having done something and having to be punished for it. Other than, as we said, there's a little pride involved. But we'll talk about that later on. But I want you to see, you know, you say, well, look what God did to Job. Well, hang on. We've already said that the devil tempted God to do this and the Lord didn't take the bait. And now look at what happens. Look at what happens and see if it sounds more like God or more like Satan. It says in the first, that first part I read about that there were some Sabaeans that fell upon his oxen and his, uh, his, his, his material substances and killed everybody there. And down in the 17th verse, there were some bands of Chaldeans that came upon the camels and some more of his stuff, okay? Now, you don't have to turn there, but you remember, you remember what it says about, about Satan over in Ephesians chapter 2? When it starts off, it says, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, whereas in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the what? The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh among the children of disobedience. You remember that? <laughs> You remember that the fact that, that this spirit is working, you know, the devil and his spirits, the devil and his minions are working among those ungodly persons of the world. He's working among the, 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 the principalities and the powers. He, he tells us in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, we're not warring against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. What he's talking about is, is that all the wickedness you see in the world is orchestrated by the devil himself. And these wicked men that came and fell upon him here over in, over in the book of Luke. I'm going to turn there right quick because I want to get it right. Luke, the uh, third chapter, I believe it is, um, or the fourth chapter. I'm sorry, the fourth chapter, the account there of, uh, of the devil tempting Jesus. Notice in the chapter four and verse five, it says the devil taking him up unto a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee. And the glory of them, now listen, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever will I give it. In other words, the devil is telling us here that he's got power in the world. He has power among the kingdoms of the world, all these kingdoms. Now, you know, I, I know we talk about our, our, our nation, uh, the United States of America being a Christian nation. But the truth of the matter is uh, the only real Christian nation, the only real godly nation that ever existed was the nation of Israel. It was a nation that, uh, that God uh, had, uh, had placed his favor upon uh, in the Old Testament days. And now all these other nations are Gentile nations. And the truth of the matter is the devil is very active among them. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't seek to elect godly people. We ought to do everything in our power to keep our nation focused upon the things of God. It started out in a great way, focused upon that. Many of the founding fathers were predestinarian believers, either Presbyterian or Baptists of some sort in their day. But, uh, but listen, don't ever think that this nation, that our salvation is going to come through some kind of political revival in this nation. The devil has dominion over the kingdoms of this world. And that's, see, the Sabaeans... And the Chaldeans, guess who stirred them up? You think it was God? No, it was the devil. 
All right, look at, look at, look at the next, look at the fire of God fell upon them. You know what, that's, that's just a great, I believe that's a reference to lightning. That's a reference to just a great lightning storm came upon, upon these sheep and the servants. That's, that's, that's the, the fire out of heaven, okay? The fire that came down from, from, uh, from above. And, and also then a great wind, okay? A great wind came and smote the four corners of the house. What is, what is the devil called? We just, we just quoted it from Ephesians 2. He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the prince of the power of the air. Who does this sound like? Who do you think is acting here? Does it sound like God or does it sound more like Satan? I believe it sounds like Satan to me. I hope it does to you. And ultimately, all this tragedy fell upon Job in one day. Now, as we bring this to a close, you remember, you remember how we, we talked about the themes, the patience of Job, uh, the pity of the Lord, which we're going to get to, and the pride of God, God being proud of the children of his who act in, a, in the right way, even in the face of suffering. Look at verse 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head. And this is the point where, if, if this were the book of Chris, it would probably say, and Chris laid down and pitched a fit unlike any that you've ever seen in the history of the world. <laughs> and cried and wailed and cursed God and, and sang, poor pitiful me, poor pitiful me. I mean, I hate to admit it, but you know, I've told you all before, I... I get so tired of having to confess. I'm going to make y'all all come up here and confess one Sunday morning. We're just going to have a confession Sunday, and y'all are going to have to come up here and do it. But I'm confessing to you, I sure haven't always acted like Job. Things go bad, things go wrong, just minor things. Sometimes I lose my cool. I, I, I get frustrated, and I just throw up my hands and say, oh, what's the point? That's what Job's wife is going to say here in a few minutes in a, in a chapter or so. But notice what Job did. Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. He worshipped. He worshipped this Lord that he had his hope in. He worshipped the God who he knew was his redeemer and would one day stand upon this earth and would redeem him in a real and physical way, that his body would be taken home to heaven. And he said in verse 21, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now two things right there as we bring this to a close. First of all, Job had the right view of himself, didn't he? He, he, you know, we, we tend to get lifted up with pride. Look at all I've done. You remember King Nebuchadnezzar is not this great Babylon that I have built. <laughs> you know, I walk around sometimes, you know, over there. Is this not the great McCool hillside that I have built? Tim might disagree with me. He might say he had something to do with it. But, you know, is not this my house? You know, <laughs> sometimes do we, get, do we get caught up in things sometimes, material things? You know, I'm, I'm thankful for the warm house that I have and the fact that it keeps out the rain and 
you know, I'm, is this boy, I'm proud of my house. And, you know, right now I'm not too proud of my house. I got a leak somewhere in the corner of the dining room and I can't find it. And at this point I realize that this great house that I have built ain't so great anymore. <laughs> Job remembers, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. You know, as they always say, you've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. He had the right view of himself. And I believe here he had the right view of God. Notice what he says, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, now often we hear that is, is like this. Well, the Lord gave these blessings. He gave these material things and then he took them away. But, but you see, that's not quite right. Because we've already seen where it wasn't God that touched him. It was the devil. It was Satan. And another reason that I think that might be just a little bit off on the interpretation is because of the next verse, verse 22. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. In, my, in the center column of my Bible here, it says that another translation of that that would have been appropriate, the KJV translators put this in here, is another translation that would have been appropriate, appropriate would have been in all this Job sinned not, nor attributed folly to God. Don't we sometimes attribute folly to God? We say, God, why would you do this to me? i tell you, uh, I'll never forget one of the first vivid memories of my younger years was when Ralph Jr.'s, uh, Ralph's daddy, Big Ralph's hay barn burned up way back when we were kids. Uh, it happened during church. <laughs> and, and somebody came and got him, and I, we saw it, and then we, we left church, and we, and we drove around there to see it. And here it was, it was a big conflagration. It was burning up all the... Uh, equipment that was in there I think they got one or two pieces out and I was like I was so angry I said God why why are you doing this I was charging God foolishly it wasn't God doing that <laughs> it happened because there was some green hay in the barn you know it happened it happened for reasons other than the Lord the Lord didn't light a match and set it down there sometimes we think God lights a match to every conflagration in our lives but Job is not saying this I believe what he's talking about here is the hedge, the hedge. He's saying God gave the hedge and God hath taken away the hedge. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, when you see God like Job sees, and, and by the way, he says, God, he didn't charge God foolishly. When you see God like Job saw God, you won't find yourself doing what I did when the hay barn burned. You won't find yourself doing what many do when tragedy strikes. So many times tragedy in someone's life shakes their faith to the core. And you say, why, God, are you doing this? When the truth of the matter is, God's not doing it. Now praise his name as we see in Job and as we'll see as we continue that God is a great overruler of all the manipulations and the wiles of the devil that he could ever come up with. Ultimately, we're going to see, you remember James? James said this book is about God being pitiful and merciful. He's being pitiful and merciful. And as I said this morning, I'll leave you with this. Job ultimately is recompensed in a great way. He, he had more material things at the end of, end of this book, at the end of his sufferings that he had to start with. He had another great family that, that came. God blessed him in so many ways, okay? 
in a great way overruling all of, the, all of the terrible things that the devil has done. But what if God hadn't blessed him at all? What if God had never blessed him again? What if Job had died in this? What, do you know people that have gotten in the midst of troubles and they die? We said it this morning, but I want to say it again tonight. The best day in the life of a child of God is the day he dies. I've never had a greater day than I'll have on whatever day my death day is. January 1st, 2020 was the best day of my daddy's life. He had a lot of good days. He had a lot of great days. He had a lot of mountaintop experiences, but he never had a day like that day that came at 12.15 in the morning on January 1st of 2020, because on that day, all of his sufferings were over, all of his pains were done, all of the troubles of life and the worries that he had were, were eliminated, and he was in the presence of the, very, the one who loved him more than mama loved him, more than we loved him, more than his mama and daddy loved him. He was there in the presence of his Savior, Thou shalt call unto me, Job says, and I'll answer you. You'll have a desire to the work of your hands. The Lord had a desire to the work of his hands and called him home. Praise God. Remember this, beloved, as we face the troubles of life. Remember the nature of God, that it's a loving, pitiful, merciful uh, nature. It's a, it's a nature that loves us and is there for us and is, is certainly in the midst of the crucible of suffering with us with a, with a view towards, towards extricating it, us from it in some way or, or fashion, if ultimately through the portal of death. Praise God for Job. I'm thankful we have his example. But you know, I'm more thankful that we have, we know the truth that Job didn't know. We know the rest of the story that Jesus Christ came. He was born of a virgin. He hung on a cross and he saved his people from their sins. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.